Okay, hello friends. Welcome to Beyond Words with Felix and Al. This is episode 10, and today we are starting something new on this podcast as it grows organically and we evolve it. I'm going to now be adding some brief introductions before we get into the show. Uh, So a few announcements and requests. So firstly, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, which are the two platforms we're available on right now, please just take a moment to leave a five-star review. Would greatly appreciate it. It helps to spread the word of the podcast and get it out there so it is can be easily found. Uh, this podcast will soon be on YouTube, so if you're watching or listening on YouTube, please subscribe and leave a good review. If we appreciate it. And click on that notification bell as well. Uh, so this podcast is evolving. It's growing organically. And one thing we've been navigating is how to most effectively make this podcast from two different locations on the opposite side of the world. So working on the sound quality, it's not perfect yet, but we're going to be trying some new platforms soon. So we hope that that improves. And so thanks for your patience. And lastly, uh, Felix and I have both recently been guests on our dear friend uh, Jason's podcast. And that podcast is called The Universe Within. And it's an amazing podcast where Jason has guests and they explore topics of plant medicine, spirituality, integration, all types of topics. So Jason is someone that I've known for several years now and highly recommend checking out his podcast. You can learn more from Felix and I on that show. Again, that's The Universe Within, and you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all the major platforms. So so that's that's it for the announcements. I hope you enjoy the show. Episode 10. Thanks a lot. I think this is 10. And this is 10. Well, that's great. That's a good way to start the podcast. This is number 10. This is number it's 10. It's a big number. We're 10. in double digits, man. Yeah, we're in the double digits, the DD. Ten episodes. Wow. Ten episodes. Congratulations. Felix. And to you. And to you. Thank thank you, man. It's the big ten. We've All been right. I mean, yeah. I mean, most people make it to what three? And like, yeah. Oh, we can't do this. My previous attempt at a podcast that never actually uh materialized. I think I made it to two. And then I <laughs> let that that inner critic won the battle big time. <laughs> We're not going to let it win this time. No, dude. I think, well, we've already done a pretty good job at defeating it. So the, uh, yeah, the last, the last frontier for me and my inner critic is, uh, like going on Facebook, which I hate. I just, I, it's really hard for me to do anything on Facebook. I just have this aversion to it, but I know it's really important for me to share with like my friends that I've been doing this. So that's, the next step and i'm doing that today so uh <laughs> the inner the inner critic in me is like thinking about friends that i don't know that'll like criticize what i have to say or they don't know me now and they'll they'll be judging me through the lens of how i used to be all these i just have this fear of sh- sharing my voice it's really 
but then they're not right. really friends if they don't want to hear exactly it, it's know? no and they don't those people don't even exist i mean i have a lot of friends on facebook that i hardly even know who they are i kind of need to clean out my facebook friends but but even then the friends that know me they, they don't think like that it's really just me it's just my own stuff man just criticizing myself so uh but yeah. i've really this whole process has been great for that just really going into that the only way out of these fears is to go right through them so um and it feels really good every time i do so just keep moving well yeah i mean even just like we said in previous podcasts how like even before each podcast we we're like oh god oh shit what do we talk about oh man yeah. maybe 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 he'll cancel it or maybe i should cancel it or <laughs> I, i'm too tired today or there's too much happening and it's just like I, I start creating music i personally start creating these excuses of like ah ah and it's it, yeah it's like i'm prejudging what i don't even know is there you know like i don't know what's going to come out i don't I mean, a lot of this is not channeled like from a higher space, but it's just, it's in the moment, it's pure, it's raw. I had a, a friend of ours, because I posted it on Facebook, I posted it in a story, and they were like, wow, you guys really flow well together. And I was like, yeah, we do. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it's just, I mean, if anything, that's what we're providing. Although I did make a mistake posting it, so for those of you who found the podcast online and started listening to more episodes, thank you, but... I posted the introduction, zero, zero, zero. And people were like, oh, that's great. Can't wait to hear more. I'm like, wait, there's, <laughs> there, there's a lot more. Oh, <laughs> uh, So I guess, yeah, I'll post a link to the actual podcast. I think you can do that, right? Where it links to the whole show on yeah. iTunes or Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome, dude. Well, and I think in the future, we can maybe consider doing it through zoom so we have a video uh version of it i think that cool. might be interesting it seems even myself i'm drawn more and more to watching podcasts even though they're just sitting there talking i feel a, a greater connection to the people if i see them more I like it's more sitting in the room yeah more, so if i have the time to sit and watch something otherwise i still most of the time i'm listening to it on the go or when i'm walking or driving so right but yeah i think that's a good thing to add Cool. So, uh, yeah. So how's life, man? How's it been since, uh, episode nine? I haven't talked to you really since then. It's been a while, man. Yeah. I think we had a little chat in between. We actually had an error on, on our last podcast because it stopped recording or it wasn't working we had very inter well. Internet problems. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as life here is still chugging along, um, still training jujitsu a lot. Um, as far as, yeah, there still hasn't been much change here. I mean, the biggest thing is a lot of people are waiting for the borders to reopen. So more and more, I'm, I've been conversing with locals, and they're just like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is a crisis. They're, you know? Yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm one of those people waiting, maybe not as desperately as people who really need it for their work, but I really want to get back there and spend some time and, pack up the house i'll probably come for three months or so Sweet. Uh, but i'm just yeah i'm just really excited to get back there and uh yeah jujitsu roll with you guys again did you get your blue belt yet not yet man not you're, on, yet. you're on your way i know slowly but it's funny I, I saw this great meme uh yesterday and it was like a picture of smeagol 
and he has the ring in his hand, but it's not a ring. It's a blue belt, and it says white belts holding the blue belt. My precious. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I mean. I, I'm trying not to feel like that. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying not to chase the belt because it's really not about chasing the belt. It's about being proficient. In, in but it feels art. good. Yeah. It does. I mean, every every stripe you get, you know, you feel like a boost of like, yeah, I got a strike, man. Like, mm-hmm. I've noticed here, at least the school I'm training at now, they don't do. I don't see stripes on belts. Strength. So I guess some some maybe some schools don't really use them. Mm. Uh, but but it's hard to know because I've rolled with white belts who have been doing it for a year, and there's obviously a big difference. I've rolled with white belts that are seem more skilled than some of the blue belts so it, without the stripes it's kind of hard to know where people are at but uh yeah, yeah. i love it too are, are you rolling are you practicing a lot like every week yeah at least at least twice a week which has been yeah. good I, I wish i had the opportunity to do it once a day i, if, I was even reading on this jujitsu group not our jujitsu group but one on facebook how people are training twice a day every day and I was wow. Just like, wow. To be able to do that. I don't know if my body could do that. I get pretty sore, you know, after a yeah. day of rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I've been going, uh, like four, four times a week here. Cause I have time right now. And, uh, I've noticed my body really adjusts to it. Like I don't get sore like before. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I get some little injuries here and there. Like I had a bloody nose yesterday. That was sweet. Like, not from it was on the outside, but it looked pretty oh. cool. <laughs> some dude just like bumped my nose and scraped the skin off, and then I ripped off some skin from my toe. But uh, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm starting to when people say they're like addicted to jujitsu, or I guess it's better phrase to say passionate about it because addictions generally have negative <laughs> consequences. <laughs> when that serious passion comes, when I'm starting to get that where. I'm still totally getting my ass kicked when I roll with people, but I'm starting to see things and, and questions start to pop up of like, Oh, what can I do here? Starting to see the chess aspect of it. When people say it's like chess, like really, really getting to that point where it's, I'm starting to see possibilities or, uh, you know, I'm still in a point where I'm just basically defending myself. But now when I come home afterwards, I'm doing what you do. I'm like really getting into these videos on YouTube uh, where they'll break things down and I'm, you know, starting to see the, the strategy of it. It's, it's really, really beautiful. And it's human chess, talk, man. It, we talk about jujitsu a lot, but it's because it's, if there's one thing that's like, like last time we talked and really before that I'd been just personally struggling, like, uh, just feeling lost and depressed and, and when I started going to jiu-jitsu here in Portugal regularly, four times a week, I think that's a big factor that shifted something uh, where I felt so much more peace over the past couple weeks, 10 days uh, of just doing that regularly and starting the day with it because I go in the morning. Because I, I start the day with that and just go through that real struggle, that physical struggle. It's The rest of the day is uh, really peaceful. So. I think it's it's really amazing. I can't I can't say enough great things about about it and how glad I am that I found it and found that on my path. So I really look yeah. forward to getting back and rolling with you, man. You're a good teacher too cuz you oh, always thanks. you always find those 
chokes and what have you. Well, <laughs> well, we have some new rules now here at rolling. So if you like disconnect from the person you're rolling with and they're on bottom and they stand up, that's considered a submission. So you have to, we start from bottom side body if that, if that happens to you. And now so, wait, the, if, if you're like mounted on someone and they manage to get out and stand up. Yeah, that that's considered submission. Or if you're like in their guard and you're not really controlling their hips or like keeping them close to you or doing anything like to pass their guard or whatnot and they stand up, you that's considered a submission. And then the person who disconnected has to go on bottom side body. Huh? So that's that. And then we have another rule that's going to start today. Chase and I talked about it yesterday, but we're not allowed to grab the gi at all today when we roll. Uh -huh. So, okay. That's cool, man. That's one thing that is going to be interesting when I come back to you because and Chase talked about this, but the way they teach here is there's some, some days where it's no gi, which is really fun actually. But when it's gi day, they teach a lot of this like sleeve grabbing, like holding yeah. onto the sleeve yeah. and just kind of situations that aren't really realistic. If you're in a real situation with someone that's not wearing a gi, but they do it a lot. And the sleeve holding the sleeve is very effective, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. It's fun if, you know, if you're training to compete in gi jujitsu, but Every time we're learning something like that, part of me is like, okay, how can I do this without the sleeve? So more of holding the arm. And But we've trained no every Thursday it's no-gi. And that's, oh, man, it's more like, it's like wrestling in slime because everybody's so slippery from being sweaty. <laughs> like, it's just like slipping out of everything. It's really hard to do anything. <laughs> but that's more realistic. That's a, that's like a real fight. Exactly. I mean, in a real fight, you're going to be sweating your ass off because it's intense. The adrenaline's going to be high. It's, you know, you're not going to have, maybe that person will have long sleeves, but maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be in shorts. You don't know. So yeah. to have that opportunity to feel both is, is crucial. It's, yeah. Well, that's something I wanted to talk to Chase about, but maybe I'd love to hear your input. Like what, and I love training with the gi, but then I wonder like, you know, there's schools like uh, Eddie Bravo school at 10th planet where, you know, his system is no gi. It's all like grappling style without a gi because he says that's more, that's a more realistic situation. So, and, but I, I haven't really talked about it with Chase, but what's, what's then the philosophy behind really primarily training with a gi? Well, it's interesting because I, I actually just talked to Chase about this yesterday because we're talking about this new rule set that's coming into jiu-jitsu or rolling today. But he says, you know, even even for today's class, when we're not going to be grabbing the gi, like he still wants us to wear it, the reason being is it slows everything down. That's what he said. Oh, uh, yeah. So it makes totally everything it does. slower, which is what we need to do. I mean, I'd prefer to be super slow and really learn and feel and know what this person's going for or how they're going to go for it or how I can stop them at, at a slow pace. And like every time I've rolled no gi with people, it's so fast. Like it's just, mm -hmm. it's like you said, it's like slippery wrestling. It's just like you're grabbing onto things and they're moving. They're grabbing onto things and slipping out. You know, it's not, it's very different. So, and this is, this comes from Alio. This comes from Hickson. They all train with these on because it makes everything slower. Slow is fast. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And so maybe 
if one were interested in pursuing no gi in in this philosophy it's you know maybe down the road once you've really mastered it at that slower pace then you can you know practice speeding things up a bit i i feel so i mean honestly when we had some new guys come from lima that came to roll with us they were all no gi and man i was a bit i'll be honest i was nervous i was like shit i don't really practice no gi very much but to see how it translated over okay like i know to maybe grab this sleeve here or grab the collar well instead i'm just going to grab the wrist or i'll grab the back of the head like mm-hmm. i know i know where to put the arms i know which direction to get the arms in to start controlling something it's mm-hmm. just i don't have this added rope to hold on to to keep them you know as a nice grip i can just still grip on you know grip onto their wrist or their neck but so right. it was interesting to see how it translated over because I, I honestly thought I was you know screwed. I, I thought they were uh-huh. going to absolutely destroy me. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just love it. I, f- I feel great from it, and uh, and I also meet really great people. And yesterday, and I'm put in strange positions. Like yesterday, it's a whole, it's a mixed bag of people. I think I've talked about that. And yesterday there was like this 14 year old girl in the that came to the class. And at one point I was paired up to roll with a spar with her and she's brand new. And the teacher's just like, you know, take it easy. So it was really fascinating to navigate that because obviously I don't, I want to take it easy. She, she was clearly new and had like no confidence about anything. Mm. So I didn't want to scare her, but at the same time, I didn't want to, I didn't want to just, just not do anything. Cause that's also not helpful for her. So right. It was like trying to find this balance and it was really hard. I had a hard Mm. time. Like I felt I didn't want to like, I didn't want to hurt her obviously. And I, but I didn't want to seem like I was just rolling over and make it, making it so easy. So there's this whole other element when that happens. And I've also rolled with like, you know, teenage boys, you know, that are much younger and, and yeah, just learning from that process too, of, of how to like, for me, it's not hard to keep my ego in check. I don't want to beat them. Mm-hmm. To me, it's actually the hardest part is giving them enough that they can learn and also where I can learn too. So, you know, putting myself in compromised positions or whatever. But, but yeah, that's also really an interesting part of it. Yeah. Um, uh, the psychological aspect and, and, and being paired with those people really teaches me to not use strength. Mm-hmm. And it shows that jujitsu can be purely technical and it and if you take strength out of the game that's when i think a lot of the best learning can happen early on especially Um, especially with the cardio aspect and lasting longer through the process of of self-defense because that's what we're really trying to learn is proficiency in self-defense and Mm -hmm. if we can last super long so if even if this you know 14 year old girl knew nothing but she had way better cardio than you and outlasted mm-hmm. then she wins. But because mm-hmm. you have these techniques, because you know what's safe and what's not, because you know, you know how to move in certain ways, you're staying safe and, co- and you know what's comfortable. You know, oh, okay, like, sure, she's in mount, but I know I'm, I'm safe here mm-hmm. for the most part. Or she's in side body. Okay, I know I'm safe for the most part. Man, but it's interesting with that because it's like, I think of here when we roll with our groups um like chase i was like chase well what should i do should i be like you know gentle with less experience he said no choke the dog shit out of him. 
mm-hmm. like show show them pr- the proficiency of this this martial art. It's not like like an egoic thing, but just like show them how it works. Mm-hmm. But you know, for like very very new guys, it would be like I would start from compromising positions, like you like you said, and yeah, it helps. It helps even for me to be like, oh yeah, like this place sucks. I don't want to be here, even against an untrained person. Like it's yeah. a horrible, horrible place, but I'm safe, which yeah. is cool. I wonder, I don't know if the choke the dog shit out of him thing would, it just doesn't feel right for a 14 year old girl. Like, you know, you could argue that I could argue that she probably, it's not really a class for like, she, she still like had a, like was almost a child, you know, she was just really right. small and, right. But that's what I appreciate about this group is this no like super family oriented. Everyone's welcome. But um, I just imagine it from her perspective, like this, this huge, super sweaty, bald, 40 year old dude, like, <laughs> like, like for a minute, I was just like on top, you know, like in the look on her face, it just was like dread and horror like my sweats just like dripping down on her so i felt i felt my sweat alone was intimidating enough so i just kept telling her in my shitty portuguese i was just like attack attack i was like choke me like i didn't know how to say that but i was like try to you know do something because she was just kind of paralyzed you know and this big like monster who could be her father is just like because i was sweating profusely because we just i was rolling with a bunch of people before that and yeah it was just a funny situation man and it it's much harder to roll with her than it is with with the blue belt like some of the blue belts are really easy on me and some of them are just super hard i'd rather roll with those dudes than her because i'm just i don't know what to do you know right right but i mean it's good to see both sides because you like in that situation with somebody who's brand brand i mean for like here it's not choke the dog shit out of brand brand new people it's just like try and encourage them to get to dominating positions and then get you get out and and then make them reestablish it it was like with with other white belts he was like with you or sean or he's like you you force them because they're training because they know these moves you force them to see what they do like this is why when we roll with blue belts man they'll they'll choke you they don't give a shit you know like yeah yeah yeah, most yeah. blue belts they'll they'll go straight for the gut the 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 throat you know um and every time they, i get choked i great i learned something mm-hmm. i learned how i gave that up you know mm-hmm. right now the biggest hole in my everything is a hole but mostly i'm giving up my arm my right arm i'm just getting arm locked all day everybody white belts blue belts <laughs> so i'm trying to just <laughs> I've learned a lot. I'm, I'm doing it less, just knowing to keep it, keep it close, you know? Uh, so yeah. Anyway, jujitsu, it's a great world. Maybe we should have a separate jujitsu podcast. Like, like Joe Rogan, wh- white belts talking jujitsu for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that's the thing I was laughing about just with how much we talk about jujitsu. We're both, we're both white belts, but <laughs> we're just, we're so enthralled in the, early stages of it maybe later down the road we'll be like man jiu-jitsu you know that's a, it's a whole other ball game and you know now i'm all fucked up i'm injured or whatever i don't know but i i don't know at this stage it still brings so much light into my life and joy and yeah and yeah totally uh, something i was doing laundry today at the laundromat and uh 
the, the clothes had just finished drying and I'm pulling the gi out of the dryer and then like this dude walks in and I notice I caught myself like kind of stuffing my white belt under everything else just so <laughs> only the gi is visible, you know, just so, you know, maybe he'll, he'll wonder like what belt is he? <laughs> uh, He's probably everywhere. Like- he doesn't know what the gi is. He's like, what kind of cult is that from? You know? What is is that a Halloween costume? <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do jujitsu here because twice when I've been to the laundromat, random people have been pulling gis out of the dryer. So wow. it, I think it's pretty uh it's pretty popular here just because it's Portugal, I think, with the ties with Brazil and a lot of Brazilians actually live here and hmm. um but in yeah, in, in a week we'll be heading back to Germany. So Oh wow. I have to find uh we're going to we're going to I think I said this maybe not but uh yeah we we decided to settle for now in Berlin and try to start our European life there so uh and one of my first tasks to find a good school cuz the last one I found didn't really it didn't feel great to me so uh in terms of the teacher and the people but but yeah we're going to try it out in Berlin and see how it goes awesome uh there so, yeah where where in Berlin are you going to aim for being closer to the city or further on the countryside yeah we're aiming to be kind of outside the city we don't particularly feel called to live in the heart of an urban (laughs) city even though berlin is pretty relaxed in terms of cities but we're gonna look kind of on the in the more rural areas Mm. berlin's really accessible with public transport so there's like regular trains that you know within an it takes an hour to get to berlin and they come every 10 20 minutes to the center of berlin so an hour outside of berlin is forests and lakes and really just like rural villages so we're we're gonna try to rent a place there uh that the challenge is germany man they're just so everything is so structured and official and organized like yeah exactly and to get an apartment or a house technically you need like 20 pages of documents our friend sasha and karen when they were looking for apartments you know they carried around a briefcase of paperwork to show the landlord that they're worthy of the apartment and it's it's a bit of a catch-22 because the only way to get that paperwork is to first live in germany for a while but you can't live in germany unless you have the paperwork so i mean there's ways around it we basically have to sublet from someone but just uh, in europe it's really noticeable the differences between cultures like in the states there's subtle differences if you go from one state to the next but if you go from portugal to germany it's like totally different society uh and what they prioritize and german germans man germans like in berlin you get dirty looks for jaywalking if you don't wait for that there's you could be on the smallest street there's no cars coming if you don't wait until that crosswalk turns green the people will like call you out on it give you dirty looks like <laughs> they just really respect order, which I appreciate. Wow. Part of me that feels safe when things are in order, I appreciate it, but um, it's an adjustment after living in New York where you just jaywalk everywhere in Peru, you know? So, yeah, Peru, especially like the yeah. laws here are so lackadaisical. Like, you don't really. They don't even have crosswalks in Peru. Like, <laughs> I think I've they? seen even... one in Lima, and that was at yeah. the airport. <laughs> yeah exactly so wow. well uh, so are I mean, you oh, are you still on a still on a break from uh from plant medicine ceremonies 
We are. We actually just had a very unfortunate event happen where we had a whole bottle of medicine, about three three liters of medicine under our sink, and the cat knocked it over, and the cap wasn't on on the way. So we just lost about two liters of medicine. Oh, and man. in a time that we're already kind of like struggling to have medicine here. So it's like, yeah, we're uh, definitely taking a smaller break or a longer break. Um, yeah. At least until oh, we Oh, that get cat, it. man. Did the cat feel any remorse or? We think the cat drank some. That night was insane for in our household. Like the cat puked and pissed on the floor, uh, like which she has never done. It was it was pretty intense. We had intense dreams. Oh, you totally drank it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I mean, it's it's hard because it's like losing. I mean, for me, it, it is precious. Like it's not something I squandered, but uh, yeah, losing that is is like. I don't know if that's a sign from the universe to even slow down even more or uh, I'm not sure. So we're, we're waiting for things to reopen a bit more to actually get more medicine to yeah. continue this work. So it's kind of been a struggle um, just waiting. I feel like I'm doing a lot of waiting and I don't yeah. like doing that. <laughs> and just for the listeners who aren't aware, like in Peru, ayahuasca is completely legal and it's actually considered a, sacred like even officially in in normal times it's really if you have someone who you know and trust who makes it it's really easy you can just ship it no problem you can even declare what it is no issues the biggest concern is the bottle exploding on on route but right now i guess it's hard just because the airport's closed right so you can't yeah and it's also like the the chance that they do shut things down mail goes a bit slower and you know, it explodes in the box, which is like, you know, just literally money down the drain. Um, it explodes because it ferments, right? And then right. it just builds up gas. Yeah. Right. Is there a workaround it, for that? Like a way to avoid that? Not really. I mean, right. unless I go and pick it up and bring it directly here. But again, since the airports are closed and I can't really move anywhere. Is yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. Did I tell but, you about the time I... Uh, I brought a bottle of ayahuasca from Iquitos to Cusco and I went through security at Iquitos airport and I had it in my carry on and she, the woman at the x-ray like made me open my bag. She looked at the bottle, she opened it, she smelled it and then she poured a cap full and she says, drink this. <laughs> I guess as like proof that it's not some kind of dangerous explosive. If I'm willing oh, to God. drink it, it's okay. So I yeah. took a shot of ayahuasca <laughs> before getting on the plane. <laughs> But I appreciate that. Like, yeah, they're like, well, if you're willing to drink it, it's okay to take it. Of course, she knew what it was. I feel like she was just messing with me. But uh, yeah, they made me drink a little bit uh, before flying. And <laughs> it's funny, I've seen that happen, but it's never happened to me. And I've traveled with medicine here in quite Denver. a bit. Yeah, but I've watched. I watched a maestro in front of me when we were leaving Iquitos get asked to drink ayahuasca as well, and he took a big sip of it, and then, or not, not a big sip, it was like a cap full, you know. And Safa and I were both staring at him. We're like, are we going to have a ceremony on the plane? Is this guy going to start singing randomly? <laughs> like, I wonder what's up with that policy because you're allowed to bring liquids on carry-on in Peru. Right. And what if someone's bringing something, I don't know, it's just weird, like a bottle of shampoo. Are they going to make you drink the shampoo? Probably not. Pro so they're, yeah. they're choosing. It's, <laughs> they know what it is. Right. <laughs> I think it's funny.
Well, like, what if it was like a super potent tree? Like, you think of like Chirisanango or something like sure. that. Or something you, know, you or really shouldn't be drinking. No, yeah, and then you they make you drink it, and then you're you know vomiting Puking. and have diarrhea for the whole ride. <laughs> yeah, the plane turns into a ceremony space yeah. in Maloka. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so you're taking a break, and not not entirely by choice, but. But I, I honestly, it has been really beneficial in a lot of ways. Um, through this work, we're we're very often focused on serving others and taking care of others, and you know, and I love that. I love being in service. But at some point, I typically forget myself in that. Yeah. Like I, I don't take the best care of myself. Yeah, and through that, I, I'm actually less capable of helping people. Um, yeah, because I'm I'm just so wasted, I, and I'm drinking like three or four bodems of coffee a day just to stay awake because I'm exhausted, and and that wasn't a beneficial a mode of working. And so right now yeah. we're just reevaluating the totality of how we work and how to work in, in a more proficient way, not only for ourselves but for the people that come through, uh, which I think is important. I, I've never really had the time or space to even think about it. <laughs> you know, it's just been like mm-hmm. kind of go, go, go. Um, again, not as a complaint, but it's just like it brings into awareness when you stop to see how fast you were running. Totally. I think that self-care aspect is really often overlooked in this realm of people who, whether facilitate medicine or serve medicine or, you know, that kind of role, uh, it's somehow self-care gets forgotten. But as far as I'm concerned, I think it's just as important as the care and service you provide to others. Because like you said, the quality of what you can offer is really a function of how well, how you feel. And, you know, and I mean, I know it's, you can power through it even if you're tired and ultimately, I don't know, it it, like I've been exhausted. And then as soon as I'm in that space and I, serve medicine or facilitate medicine a lot of those concerns and the fatigue seems to just disappear but then the next day it comes back on and and that kind of adds up so uh for longevity's sake you know it's it's really hard that to find that balance and even if you're just even if i'm serving medicine once a week i i it something takes a toll you know it's and as long and as consistent as you guys have been working i think it's I'm just glad to see you getting some, getting a little break, man. Just trying to gain some weight, man. Just trying to gain a little bit of weight. (laughs) Yeah. Constantly missing dinners and yeah. But I, I I agree. Like being in the middle of it, in the midst of working with people, there's a thrill that comes with being in service and an energy that's provided wherever it comes from. I'm not sure. But when there's that, small gap of break especially like when we were working at the temple like when there was that gap break of three days holy moses i was exhausted yeah to the point where i was like whoa like i don't feel like moving at all from my hammock i'm just gonna sit here and that that's that's obviously showing there's something not fully in balance in that Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so that's that's what's happening i mean the good thing is is next we're going to do a diet starting in October, uh, October 1st, and it'll be a two-week diet. So uh, I'll be off the podcast for a little while, but uh, it's another 
for us, it's like kind of even going deeper into a state of yin or like a rest state because it's uh -huh. like it's no stimulation, no excess crappy food, a lot of fasting, a lot of rest, a lot of meditation. And that's just, yeah, it just kind of brings us even more into balance. Um, I remember when I was at the temple and watching the maestros were workshop after workshop after workshop. And at the end, I'm like, well, what are you going to do when you go home? You're probably going to go and like party or like, and they're like, actually, no, we're going to go diet. <laughs> That's a good maestro when they do that. Absolutely. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, it brings you more into harmony with yourself, with nature, into a deeper yin state of receiving and relaxing. And it's not always relaxing, but it's, it's purifying. Um, so yeah, that's, I'll be doing that next, next in, I don't know, 10 days. I'd love to hear in your words, and maybe I've asked before, but to hear it again, and I think it'd be listeners would love it too. If you can just explain in your perspective, what is, what is a diet? Hmm. This will be practice uh, too for when you go on Jason's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what is a diet? Well, the first thing I like to say about diets is diets never give you anything. They only take things away. Uh -huh. And I'll give you the, that's just my theory over the totality of what a diet is. But then what happens physically in a diet world is you start fasting for a long period of time. And while you're fasting, you're ingesting a certain plant uh, or plants. And within this fasting, you're not moving much. You're getting so bored that your mind is just going absolutely crazy. You get so bored of that that eventually it starts to calm down and quiet. After a period of time, when there's silence, you start to hear a different voice coming through. Uh, and that's usually the voice of the plant. And it can either come as a song or it can come as a, um, advice for living or advice for yourself, um, inspiration. Um, and also during this process, the dream world has been open to such a level that I don't have any, I have very profound dreams regularly, but when I'm in diet and I have dreams, it's a whole other world um, with its own structure, its own symbolism, its own um, reality, so to speak. And within this world of dreams, uh, we, the ones who are seeking to learn or heal or whatever, are given either tasks to do or we are given prebas or tests or we're given wisdom based on whether we pass these tests or not. And that's those tests and those passing of the tests, those gifts we receive are become our medicine. Um, but also within that, it's like, it's taken our bad thoughts, our bad habits, our bad emotions, our whatever negative life patterns, and it's um, purified them to a place of, of them becoming medicine. So for mm. example, uh, I used to have a lot of self-defeating thoughts. I still do. I'm not, they're not gone. They're, they don't disappear. But through this, it's like I can hit a self-defeating thought and then I can find the end of it. So it's like, oh, okay, like I see that I'm just 
putting myself down and I'm, okay, cool. I know how to get out of that once I see it. And so if somebody were to come to me and they're like, man, my whole life sucks and I'm terrible at my, like, whatever. And it, I'm like, okay, well, what are your thought patterns around that? And okay, here's my thought patterns. I'm like, well, great. Let's find the end of it together. And mm. so thanks to this diet with this plant or whatever, I've started to see the end of the ropes for each of these self-defeating thought patterns or what their habits are. doesn't mean they're gone, like I said. Like we say in the beginning of this podcast, I still, I still doubt what I can offer or what I, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm human. But at least there's the rope gets shorter and shorter each time I diet. Uh-huh. So I don't stay in that habit as long. And typically outside of like when I finish diet, especially longer diets, I, I find that the things that I found important in my life, the thought patterns that cycled the most through my mind are no longer important. Hmm. The ideas I had clung to are no longer important. So, I mean, this is a personal, a very, very personal experience dieting and I'm sure 10,000 people who diet are going to have 10,000 different ways in which they see dieting, in which they feel dieting. Um, This has just been my own personal experience through this kind of untangling myself from myself. Mm -hmm. Dude, I think you, that was really, firstly, yeah, very well put. And I don't think I could explain it better. And what you first said is, being that the diets don't give anything, but they take, what did you say? They take, they take they things away, take things away. Yeah. Things that don't serve, they clear mm-hmm. the way. That's amazing. And like when you, when you experience, like you said, like once you get into that state where you, you know, when you're really connecting with the plan and you said you experience, whether it's, uh, the plant giving advice or, a song or I guess I answered the, my own question, but just from your perspective, like if advice is coming or some kind of wisdom, would you say that's, that's the plant speaking? Absolutely. Or it's a, it's this aspect of your spirit that's now free enough to actually be able to communicate to you. Right. And this is where I, I, I feel this, this true dieting should be taking things away from you. Um, in that, like, you're, we're just freeing up the unlimited potential that is already within the human spirit. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's been bogged down with a bunch of literally trash that has slowed us down, has made us weak, has made us whatever, feel we're weak. And because of that, it's made us sick. And so these diets should be taking and removing these things, these desires for power, these desires for security, these desires for ultimate knowledge that... Those are all desires for some sort of leg up on this universe, and that's an illness. So like when people think, and I see it very often, the only reason I'm speaking to this is because I see it very often in this world of people wanting to diet so they can get a bit more powerful, a bit more powerful. Right, so that, to powerful. gain something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's great. It can take you there. It can do that, absolutely. You can gain a lot of really incredible, cool magic tricks but they're just magic tricks and they don't actually help with the awakening of the human soul, <laughs> which is ultimately what we should be aiming for, not getting power or a leg up on something. When people talk about uh, brujeria or witchcraft, I mean, it's like, to me, that's exactly that. It's kind of 
and sometimes it's really it's it's a very fine line or it's even hard to recognize if if i am doing that or someone else might be hard for them to recognize but it's that subtle switch from the diet helping to remove things versus trying to gain things personal power uh like and and yeah so I, yeah, I'm just curious. Do you, do you think that's an option? So when people go down that path, they can they can also use it instead of healing. They can diet for the purpose of those gains and actually, absolutely. The plant. So the plant offers that choice. Well, and that's what prebas are. These are what the the tests are. They come through, and they're even if it's like a test to eat food in your dream. Basically, you're falling into a desire to satisfy something. Ah, uh, yeah, I've that's, had those that's, tests. Yeah, of course. We all. I mean, I've I've failed them. I've eaten tacos in my dreams, but it's just about every diet. <laughs> Fucking tacos always win. Huh. But uh, uh, within that, it's just we have to be aware of this middle road, you know. And I, I'm not trying to get like Eastern philosophy or anything, anything like that. But there is a middle path, and it's like sure. I had this ceremony recently. As I continue to grow in this path, I had a ceremony recently, and it opened into such a beautiful or sorry, a place of incredible power. Like I'm holding this thing and it wasn't pretty. It was, it was powerful and it was all kinds of like magic. I'm like, wow. And I was holding it and I was looking at it. And I was like, wait, this is, this is not me. This is not what I want. I don't even know what to do with this. So I set it down and I'm like, I, I aim for the light. I only want the light. So I go up and up and up and up and up. And I go into the light and it gets brighter and brighter and, and more spiritual and more joy. And then I realized I was chasing that. And mm. I was like, fuck, oh, I'm just getting lost in the same. I think that's power too. I think ultimate light and godliness is power as well. And so I just kind of mm. like stopped and I just dropped everything and I just sat on the ground. That's <laughs> just like, I just need to be here. I just need to be present. I just need to be aware and clear. And it wasn't, this wasn't like a huge realization, but it was to see like, yeah, even if I want to be ultimately a super spiritual person or whatever idea or this enlightened idea or whatever, I'm still chasing something that I think is above what I am now mm -hmm. versus like just living my life as best I can. So I, yeah, I can see going back into the, the power thing, like, man, I, I don't want to say power is evil because it's not. I think personal power is an absolutely necessary part of being a human being. But we just we have to examine the power aspect so thoroughly before we even dive into this path or any kind of path involving a wisdom tradition. And and this is where I'm at now is like reevaluating the totality of diving into this into a tradition. And like, what am I lo looking for? And why am I looking? Like, am I looking, what am I looking for? And I'm not going to answer that on this podcast because I feel that's deeply personal. And, um, but it's something that we should all be aware of, especially if we're choosing to enter this diet world. It's like, what am I really seeking when I drink this plant? Hmm. Honestly, like I have to be super fucking honest with myself or else I'm going to get lost. And yeah, that, that's, that's it's a that's challenge. A, that's, yeah. yeah, wow. Do you, 
I have so many. Qu- I love talking to you about this. Um, <laughs> beca- because you, I don't know the way you verbalize it and your perspective. I mean, I just really sense the depth that you've gone into these themes, you know? And so I love asking you questions. Um, do you think on the subject of brujeria, which, you know, f- for the listeners, like that's a big topic in jungle shamanism. And essentially it's people using these medicines and for power, for personal power, often at the expense of others, right? Is that just to summarize it? But yeah. do you do you think that there are people who you would call unconsciously brujeria, so they don't realize that they are doing that or... Um, so, for example, if someone has a lot of done a lot of diets and they let their emotions get the best of them and they're just like maybe because they're they weren't guided in the right way or they're just not conscious and it's causing harm. Like, is that would you also call that like a brujeria? Yeah, I, we, I mean, within the Shipibo paradigm, there's the word bumang, which is very different. It's not very different from brujeria. It's a type of brujeria, but it's not like. I'm in, I'm intentionally gonna go and try and kill this person with black magic. It's more of like I'm really upset and I'm gonna think a bad thought about this person because I feel weak in this moment and that person looks different or whatever. Bah! And we hit them. We hit them with something called bumang. And bumang is like bad words or bad thoughts that are directed at somebody. Mm-hmm. And man, ninety nine percent of bumang that I've seen on people from other people is unconscious. It's well, it's what most people do, right? Most of the time, I mean, not most of the time, but look at the world. I mean, yeah, people <laughs> this, and so it seems that when someone engages on the path of plant medicine and diets, it's like part of it is becoming super aware that those that kind of thinking you and this might be hard to believe or understand at first but that kind of thinking carries so much more weight once you've gone on the path of diets like because of i mean yeah even to verbalize why but i guess because the the power of the mind that people might not even realize once they started dieting the power that those intentions carry and it's like if you if you turn that around into service and healing, it's just as powerful. Uh, this is something that it took me a while to understand because before really get going down this path, I thought of witchcraft as like you know someone sitting and creating a ritual specifically to you know cause harm to someone or take advantage of someone but like and they have this evil look on their face like they're really just like evil exactly and when in fact um it's the realization that a lot of it's 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 negative human behavior so harm that even thoughts that are just magnified because of the power of these plants Mm. and it really forces a person to be even like to become so conscious if the intention is truly to work in these realms of healing and lights like it the the greatest teaching of these plants too is a is a self-awareness and a noticing and 
of thoughts of just simply our thoughts and having to go through them with a fine tooth comb. And it's, it's, it can be really exhausting as a practice too. Uh, but when you realize that they actually have an impact, that's, um, yeah, that's something that I, I think about sometimes. And I just thought you really expressed it so clearly just there. So, well, I, I think uh, just to expand on that a little bit, the, the biggest one for me that I, I see is not necessarily outward thoughts. And this is, I think, based on my personality type is like, a, and I think it's similar for you, but I don't want to say it's the same for you, but mm. it's the self-critic that thinks bad about it myself. Mm. You know, myself thinking bad about myself. That's the worst kind of brujeria you can ever do. It's like slapping God in the face for this incredible creation we have and i do it you know i i I'm like oh yeah i, I have nothing to share I, blah, 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 you know whatever i'm i'm hmm. stupid or i'm incapable of something and it's like i'm i'm building brujeria on top of me dude i've never thought about it that way but that's wow because i do that all the time and it's the same thing it's just violence on myself yeah. wow and so well, like, maybe that would get me like, to stop doing it. <laughs> now it carries a little more weight. <laughs> but it's true, well, man. For everyone, for everyone, whether you have diets or not, it's like that is the most destructive thing that exists on this planet. And this is the thing I hope that plants can start taking away from us is the self-analytical or self-analyzing, self-critical. Self-loathing. Self-loathing nonsense because it makes us ill. It's an illness and we have to be so careful of it. And um, it's... And I mean, wouldn't you say it's also the root of also all the violence and hatred towards others? If you really dig into it, it's hatred of some aspect of myself that I see in others and therefore I hate them about it. It's absolutely. Oh, wow. These are the keys, man. (laughs) Yeah, the keys. We're going to open them doors. But if I truly love myself, (laughs) I'm going to love you equally because you're the same. You're a human. Mm hmm. You know, you have mm-hmm. you have bad thoughts, you have hard times, you have ups and downs. Like, of course I should love you. We're in the same boat together. Like, how could I not love you? You know, mm-hmm. and I, that's why I love that you and I, we, we often are like, hey, God, you know, I love calling you God. Like, it, mm-hmm. you're the only person I do that with because other people look at me like I'm weird. But, you know, and that's just recognizing the beauty that is everything. And that is you. That is your life. That is us, you know. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. And there, I had another couple questions based on what you said that I'm just curious, like why, because you said about the test, the prueba. So oftentimes in the dreams, you know, they present these tests and kind of temptations and other ways of testing. So what, what happens if you fail the test? So you eat that taco. What does that mean in terms of the diet? Does it mean that you failed the diet or does it mean that you just, there's something that you have to go back to and look at? Like, how do you, mm. how do you, how do you process that? And how do you integrate that experience? If you do eat the taco in the dream or whatever other, you know, however it comes I, or what I do you mean, say, say to someone who goes through that with their dieting with you? Yeah. I mean, typically my reaction used to be, I would just like, I fucked, I failed the diet, you know, like I, completely screwed this over or I've screwed myself over. I've ruined the diet, whatever. I failed the test. I'm not going to learn anything. And 
through my experience, it's not true because that usually happens like day four, day five of the beginning of a you know, month-long, two-month-long diet. So I have all this other time to recorrect that. And usually what I do is like there uh, – let me go back a little bit. During that diet that I was doing that where I was saying, I have failed, I suck at life, I'm, I'm horrible, I was literally alone in the jungle on my tumbo crying and just screaming at myself like I'm a piece of shit, I'm worthless. And as the time went on and I calmed down, I heard these words so loud and so clear that it was just like, I, and it's words that I, I thought of but I haven't really heard said to me. The plants said to me, they said, there is no failure. There are no mistakes. Hmm. And as soon as I heard that, I relaxed so much in that, where it was like, great, okay, I, I, I tripped. Does that mean I'm going to stop walking? You know, in a jiu-jitsu uh, standpoint, I've been submitted. Does that mean I'm going to give up jiu-jitsu? Yeah, right, right. It I've doesn't even mean you failed in jiu-jitsu. No. Every time I get submitted, I now I just see it. That's a lesson. I learned something about myself. That's all eating the taco is. It's just a lesson. Yeah. As long as and the so, intention, right? Because if the intention is just right. to eat the taco every time, then it, right. they're, you're defeating the purpose of it. But Right. Yeah. Don't go back and be like, I'm just going to eat the tacos because I'm hungry. <laughs> right. it's, it's being aware that that was not in the best interest, interest of your growth and that maybe it's better to grow. I mean, you're going to grow either way. But if you want to accelerate your growth, you're aware of, okay, when these tests come, I know I should not eat that taco. So I'm not going to eat that mm. taco. And mm -hmm. it's, it's challenging. So what I usually tell the dieters is I say, look, if you've eaten the taco in the night, you've eaten the taco during the day. Mm. If you've eaten the taco at night, that means during the day you were thinking about something outside of where you are now. Because, man, you get really hungry, you get really bored, and you want comfort, and you look anywhere you can, even in your own mind. And so that means in your own mm. mind, you went and found a taco stand, and you ate it. Right. And so the mind was not, you know, balanced or calm throughout the day. So, of course, it brought it into the night and showed you that you, me you messed that up. Wow. So right. that's, a, totally. that's, that's a big secret as far as <laughs> dieting. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it helps. It helps to be aware of that because, you know, this, I love the Shibibo to death, but they really told me very little about dieting when I went in. They just told me yeah. what not to do and what to do uh, initially. You know? Well, I think that's actually the best way because it, it allowed you to learn for yourself because everything you're speaking is from experience rather than, you know, regurgitating what someone else told you, you know. So I, I would imagine there was you know, with your teacher, he trusted that you would learn <laughs> through your experience, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I hope like, so. <laughs> you don't want to just tell everyone something because also no. you gotta, you gotta, you kind of have to go through it to really learn it. Like there's, Absolutely. it's like watching a jujitsu video on YouTube and versus just getting on the mat and doing it. So, yeah. um, you know, I respect that style of teaching, especially when it comes to these like plant medicine, because it's, you can't, I mean, you, you can't teach these lessons by talking, you know, it's, it's all experiential. And that's why 
I love plant medicine because they are the best teachers because they literally take you through it. You, you go through the experience and you learn for yourself. It's, it, it's a, you're personally responsible for your learning. (laughs) Oh man. So well put. Yeah. It makes me think of like, there's a quote by, uh, Aleister Crowley. I don't know. There's a lot of conflict about Aleister Crowley, but he has this quote. Um, and he says, or I'm sorry, it's, uh, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, but she says, uh, True initiation never ends. And it's like, I I mm. personally get lost in this, like, I have two lives. I have my world of working with plants, and then I have my relaxing Felix life, where I, whatever, listen to gangster rap and drink beers. Mm-hmm. How are they not the same? Though? And how do I, like, always maintain that mindset, which are the plants have shared with me, even when I'm drinking beer and listening to gangster rap? Mm-hmm. which is, I guess, the ongoing process of growth. Totally, and I guess that's the point of it because it's it's really about integrating all of this into everyday life. And that's what the, I mean, leaving Peru and coming here, it's been all about that. And, I mean, integrating it has been a huge part of my journey and I'm still... I'm still in that process, but really, yeah, I'm bridging everything that I've learned and, you know, all the healing that I've experienced and everything I've let go of, but then coming into an environment where a lot of the old triggers of my, you know, sort of like previous life before plant medicine, they exist. Uh, and seeing how easy it is to allow myself to slip back into certain ways or ways of thinking, uh, while also realizing I now have a choice that I didn't realize existed before plant medicine. And uh, and for me, it's about making those choices every day. And it, it that path seems to be a better path uh, in terms of how I feel and how I am with other people and how I'm able to be with other people and uh, just be connected. And, you know, I think it's ultimately it's about connection with in with love <laughs> it's, it's what it comes down to so um right. amazing it's all man. okay we love each other it's okay <laughs> exactly and so with diets i mean to summarize it because you said basically everything you said about diets would you say that's essentially what even a single or a couple ceremonies of a plant medicine are it's just in much more depth but it's the same intention, the same kind of personal healing work. It's just on a deeper, more sustained, more specific level, according to which plants. Absolutely. I mean, it's just <clears throat> depending on how long you're doing it, it's just that's a ceremony for that long that you're doing. You know, uh, whether it's a week, two weeks, a month, six months, like that's a, it's a ceremony. You can have mm-hmm. a week-long ceremony. You can have a month-long ceremony. It doesn't matter. It's like just being aware that that's just you're in medicine. You're in medicine space. It may not be as psychedelic as drinking a plant, plant medicine, psychedelic, psychedelic plant medicine, but it's the exact same thing. And you have to mm-hmm. control your mind. You have to breathe through it, and you have to relax, and you have to, yeah, seek within yourself what you know to be right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, it's such a huge topic, diets. 
<laughs> it is. It's 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 always hard to talk about it because it's you know, like you diet as well. What is what is your mm. perspective on dieting? How do we you know there's so much to this world. That's why I said mm -hmm. ten thousand people diet ten thousand different ways and they're all gonna mm -hmm. find something completely different within this realm. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I like talking about it. I mean, firstly because I learn from talking about it and also i think you know for listeners and this was myself too before i came into this world in peru with plant medicine i didn't know about diets i thought it was about ayahuasca specifically you know it's about you know then i learned about there's ayahuasca ceremony uh but that that's just one aspect of this world uh of plant medicine healing in these traditions and that the diet is such an such a huge integral part of it uh part of the journey and it seems for most people after a while if you're immersed in these systems of healing you know there comes a point where people have drank you know they've been to so many ayahuasca ceremonies that there comes a point where diet seems like the natural next step to really go to a deeper level and i i didn't understand any of that until i yeah came to peru and started hearing people talk about it and then experiencing diets for myself. And I had no idea. I thought it was just about the psychedelic experience, <laughs> the ceremony, this whole idea of plants and specific plants. And they, the plants don't even, aren't even, most of the plants we diet aren't psychedelic plants in terms of, you know, their, their compound, their active compounds. There's nothing psychedelic about them. And, and yet they bring so much and, that that was just a that just blew my mind like <laughs> that that this this innocuous looking plant or this tree or they all have their medicine to bring or or some of them and that was another thing that i i would try to ask the shipibo healers but i don't think i understood their answer but it was like why is it that some of the plants are amazing healers and teachers and others aren't like a banana tree for example like <laughs> you don't diet the banana tree or the the apple tree or, you know for different fruit trees whatever um yeah i just wonder about that or the palm tree uh well i've heard a couple of different answers and they're both, both of them are pretty interesting um <clears throat> well the first is it's not all plants are smart which is an mm -hmm. interesting one just like just like people <laughs> <laughs> yeah like not all people are smart not all plants have an intelligence, uh -huh. but then I, I heard later on it was uh, Sui was talking about his grandfather who was a Muraya. He said the Muraya say that all plants have a medicine. All plants are medicine. We just don't know how to use them. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I, I side more on that one. Of all plants are medicine. We just don't know how to use them. That to me makes. That 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 resonates for me, and of yeah. course, Amuraya would say something like that because that's that's deep, that's, that's legit. Deep. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, when Jason asked me about, uh, so so just for the listener, uh, I was recently a guest on the podcast uh, of our friend Jason, who Felix will also be on soon. And it's called uh, the Universe Within podcast. But he asked me these questions that I don't think about. Like, what is ayahuasca to you? And um, and 
it led me, I mean, I answered it however I could, but it led me to think about it. Like, what are these experiences? What are these plants? What are they pointing to if they are mm-hmm. teachers? And, and the, the best way I can summarize it is they are pointing to presence and they are showing us and helping us to clear and let go of everything that's in the way of presence, of present awareness. And that's the best way I can summarize it. And every experience with ayahuasca and other plant medicines, in some way, it's a clearing. So the purging process or the, the mind being activated with all the stories and and with the guidance of someone, you know, whether in your role in ayahuasca ceremonies or in other capacities, facilitating that process, working with that process and calling on support to allow that process. But it's about, I mean, clearing what's in the way for us to actually being present and connected to life as it is right now. And I, I think that's, what do you, th- you think that's right? How would you say it? I mean... I don't think there's a right answer. <laughs> yeah. Like what do you, what do you say they're pointing to? What the plants or yeah. like ayahuasca? Yeah. Uh, the ayahuasca specifically or, or all these plants that are healers and teachers, like what is their, what is their teaching? What, is, what are they pointing to ultimately? I mean, I think presence is a huge one. I also think on top of that clarity, I, mm-hmm. seeing the world for what it is, and, and I think that's the biggest challenge, especially now in a modern society, when we've had the opportunity to describe and solidify everything in such a profoundly strong, safe box. And mm-hmm. when I when we partake in plant medicines, it usually rips those boxes to shreds because they they're not real. So... I think what clarity and presence comes through that is it's just like being able to see with our mind instead of with our eyes. Mm. And sorry, not with our mind. The opposite. The opposite. Or, yeah. Seeing with our yeah. eyes and not our mind. Seeing with our mm-hmm. heart and, or feeling with our heart and not with our words. It's mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's I just think of death. I think of mm. death. I think it's constantly pointing us to death or the experience of Armageddon or the apocalypse. Like so taking psychedelics are mini apocalypse. Mm. And in that we we have this opportunity to completely relax into this destruction or dissolution or we have this opportunity to cling. And all the moments that we see that we're clinging are all the moments where we're stuck and all this all the moments that we let go easily it's you know that's that's a good thing we want to be able to let go quickly because there's nothing solid in this world that we can actually hold on to and psychedelics just amplify that clarity of seeing the motion of the world shit man i don't know if you've taken if anyone's taken lsd on this podcast or you know and you've looked at a wall and it's melting well it's actually already doing that it's doing that all the time melting hmm Matter is always in motion. Matter is always in a mm. fluid state. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I can become completely absolved and completely allow myself to be destroyed over and over and over and over again, what is left? 
but you have to allow it. And that's where this healing comes in. This is where the aspect comes in of purging and clearing and moving things. It's like the mind has to be still enough to die, to die well, mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, but it's, I can't say. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I, I was just saying everything you're saying. It like points to everything. You know, I haven't gone deep in Buddhism, but you know, about grasping and aversion and letting go of attachment and it's you know everything you said it's like pointing to that same thing and that our suffering comes from grasping and aversion which are the same thing you know holding on to something or pushing it away is the same thing rather than just letting go yeah and i mean this is why people typically freak out during psychedelic experiences is because everything they know has just disappeared. Mm. That and that to them is the most terrifying thing. That 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 is shit. I mean, losing people, people losing their minds is more terrifying than people being ill or dying. Like mm. we fear mental illness in society more than we fear anything else, because it's just something that's so. Like if if you see like a schizophrenic person on the street or a bipolar homeless person's talking about the angry rabbit that's following him around the yard like it scares people people run away or they are they're averting uh you know they're averted to that but mm. within the psychedelic experience we get to go there ourselves and especially if we particularly hate mental illness or fear losing our minds the medicine will bring you straight there that's where i went <laughs> yeah and and again shit we need that because mm-hmm. our minds have done nothing but to get us in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's amazing. I can say that that is that was a major fear of mine, and that fear is, I still have fears, but that particular fear, uh, specifically ayahuasca, addressed so amazingly for me because it just kept taking me there, and <laughs> I kept having to let go. It was the only way. <laughs> Because the insanity that I was afraid of was a product of grasping and being attached to thought structures that are inherently not real. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. And so it kept tearing those down. And, and yeah, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, man. Insanity. Well, it's it's funny because it's like, uh, just kind of on a final note, it's the quote, mm-hmm. Uh, the mystic swims in the same waters as the the psychotic, only he is able to swim and the, the psychotic is drowning. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's like, we, we that's a space we should be comfortable with. I mean, in general, we should be uncomfortable with bending the mind to a place where it can't exist mm-hmm. in, its, in its old form. I mean, I it's like actively seeking death. This is why I loved... Bufo, it just destroyed everything. There's just mm-hmm. nothing, and it was so fast. There was there's no build up to it. There was no oh, I got to get ready. The rocket's taking off. It was off, mm-hmm. and that was so powerful for me because it's usually like I get to walk up the stairs, not be thrown down the stairs. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, Bufo, man, it took me straight to my mind held on for dear life, especially that first time. I I. That's probably the only time I've like vocally and obviously freaked out <laughs> in a medicine experience. 
I can't I blame was, you. I don't think anyone could. I was holding off. My mind was holding off for dear life. And uh, yeah, that one really brought that to life. That part of me that uh, was just so, it, it is, but especially was so afraid. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing, man. Well, I know you've got jujitsu coming up in about 10 minutes. so Sure do. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, don't want to be late for that. And I love talking to you. Thank you. This has been super enlightening actually uh talking about diets it just brings me right back to the profound beauty of these plant medicines and their healing so um thank you for verbalizing that so beautifully my friend same brother thank you i've always loved talking to you man it's just (laughs) these adventures we go on are so profound i'm gonna like go to jujitsu on another level (laughs) yeah until you get choked and then you're back until i get choked yeah then i gotta remember yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) cool well let's do it again next week and uh yeah we can get sounds good at least one or two more in before you go to your diet yeah yeah absolutely i mean next week is pretty clear for me so awesome well thanks to the listeners and uh please subscribe i'm going to start asking we can start asking it helps us and it helps get the word out and it helps the podcast to be seen if you just subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, and when this is on YouTube, you can do the same there. So thank you. And and hit the notification bell and the like. Oh, put a absolutely. like on. Yeah, yeah I'm, I have to learn the language of this stuff. Yeah, notification bell, like button. Whoop. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Peace out, my man. Peace.